cool thing about fungi is that they're actually underground. So wherever in the world you are, as you're walking on nature on the ground, there is mushroom mycelium or fungal mycelium underground. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. Man, what a show we have for you today. An awesome guest segment, an awesome knowledge bomb. But as always, thank you for joining the show, opening your heart to this information that could really, really be super helpful for your health and the health of your loved ones. Today's show, man, we got our guy Taro from Four Sigmatic. This is one of the most knowledgeable human beings when it comes to mushrooms. All about the studies, all about their benefits to human health. But more importantly, I want a bigger, I want a macroscopic picture. How are mushrooms changing the world? How we work as a community? Really how mushrooms are going to change consciousness. And talking about consciousness, we go into psychedelic mushrooms. You got to. You got to talk about it. It's one of the hottest topics out there. But we talk about how powerful they are at changing our human health. If you've never done them, listen. If you've done them, listen. It's still going to be powerful. Today's knowledge bomb. How many of you out there have gotten Botox, men and women? It is on fire. There's so many people utilizing Botox for many different reasons, from medical to cosmetic. I'm going to talk about it all, but I'm also going to tell you some of the stuff that I hope that the practitioners who are administering this are telling you for full informed consent. Really important stuff. If you get Botox, you have to listen to this show. But before we do, if you ain't gotten your Heal Thyself merch, it is on fire right now. We have all the pieces from short sleeve shirts to long sleeve crew necks to hoodies, all organic, all sustainable, all beautifully crafted for you and your loved ones for the holidays. Go to hts.today, check it out, enjoy the merch, it's on fire. Without further ado, let's jump into this special guest segment with Taro. All right, everyone, today's special guest, look, you heard me talk about Four Sigmatic Mushrooms many times on this show. We had one of their formulators, Daniel Broida, on the show, but I got Taro Isacopula. Man, he's a 13th generation farmer. Mm-hmm. You ain't a farmer, though. I do. Okay. He's a 13th generation farmer, and he is the biggest mushroom enthusiast I know. He's an author and the founder of Four Sigmatic. Man, this guy is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to mushrooms, all types of mushrooms. But you know, in my heart, I'm talking so much about the power of mushrooms and where we're going as a community for healing and health, and mushrooms is interweavingly showing itself as one of the forefront pioneers to help us heal. My guy, Taro. Thank you on the show, brother. Thanks for having me on, finally. Finally, 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 finally. I'm so excited because off air, you were telling me some mind-blowing stuff, and I said, let's hold it, let's hold it. We gotta put it on this show, we gotta talk about this. So this isn't just any mushroom show we're gonna talk about. We're not just gonna talk about lion's mane and the brain, which everyone loves, and I love it too, but we're gonna go a little bit deep. I got a first question for you, Mm -hmm. okay? (laughs) This is crazy. You told me the oldest living organism in the world is a mushroom? Correct. What, tell me about this organism. Where is it and what all about it? Not just the oldest, but the largest. And the numbers vary a little bit, but for a few thousand year old, honey mushroom is growing in Oregon. And it is many, many football fields could go over it. It's huge. And I think that's what the cool thing about fungi is that they're actually underground. So wherever in the world you are, as you're walking on nature on the ground, there is mushroom mycelium or fungal mycelium underground. 
You mean to tell me I could walk in the middle of New York City and there's mushrooms under my feet? For sure. I've taken a bunch of people foraging in Central Park. In large cities like Manila, Philippines, I've gone and found reishi mushrooms right there in the center of the city. So the mycelium is something that has really amazed me for many years now. Mm-hmm. Um, for those viewing and listening, they'll hear the word and they'll be like, I think I know what mycelium is. How would you describe mycelium in your own words mm-hmm. and in the context of how it plays to a bigger role mm-hmm. as an organism of Earth? That's a great question. So maybe um, these words that we're going to throw out, some definitions. So fungi is the family. So in biology, there's five or six families, depending who you ask. The plants are the plantae family, and the animalia are the animals, and bacteria, and fungi. That's like the umbrella. And then the mushroom is the the fruiting body. It's like, if you think of an apple tree, it's the apple itself. And that's the toadstool historically. Not always the toadstool, but that's what we often imagine. Mycelium is the rooting system. So think of like, the roots of a tree or roots of a plant underground. And it is incredibly powerful for nature. And then um, usually annually, it musters all of its life force to create this reproductive organism, the the sexual organism, which is the fruit. And then from the fruit, you spread spores and spores are the seeds. And then spore can land somewhere and in the right conditions, create more hyphae or mycelium you know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best and they're always at health events and people are loving them and their quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products. GHKCU and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed 
to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's Liver Detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trefalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that has been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. I love what you said that the mycelium utilize so much of its life force energy to have this sexual organ, the mm -hmm. fruiting body. Um, and we think about the importance of having that fruiting body spores and just spreading out throughout all of nature, just more mm -hmm. mushrooms. And the cycle is beautiful when you think about it, mm -hmm. right? Because then you have more mycelium growing. But when we go to the mycelium, back to the root system, it, to me, when I hear about it and learn about the way it behaves, it's like it has its own beautiful consciousness. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a communal one. When you look at it from a bird's eye view, can we learn a lot from the mycelium? Of course, we can learn a lot by nature. And it's actually discounted in people who live in cities who are not used to observing nature. But if you go into nature for at least a week or longer and you start observing the trees, the rocks, the plants, and and you start to notice patterns. And that's probably what our ancestors did before knowing what was yeah. poisonous and what was not, is observing nature. And mycelium is very knowledgeable. It's actually intelligent. And there's a bunch of modern research to prove it. I'll give you a few stories of that. Um, one of these studies was replicating um, the Tokyo subway map. And there's this slime thing and they would put this all these stops and it could replicate the, the subway map better than a human could in the efficiency of a computer. There's also mazes where this slime mushroom would find its way out, out of the maze. There are studies of trees exchanging nutrients underground through the mycelial network, sometimes jokingly called the wood white web is the original internet. And there is, for example, on the other side of the forest, there are intruders and the mycelial network underground can inform the other trees and plants that there's intruders and they can kind of muster a defense. So there's a lot of intelligence we can tap into, mostly around community, collaboration, and like these information pathways that are so important to us mm. also as, as humans. That blew me away when I heard about the um, Tokyo underground subway system and the efficiency of which the mushroom grows, you know, mm -hmm. just paralleling and, and literally influencing these people in Tokyo. Engineers going, whoa, we got it all wrong. We need to change this whole subway system. Let's put another billion into it. Um, but it's fantastic to think about the intelligence of nature far surpasses what we 
can even muster up in our mm -hmm. own, you know, engineering class or something like that. It just blows me away. So then we have the mycelium in the fruiting body. And now I know you get this question a lot, and a lot of people still ask me, mm -hmm. and I try to clear it up as best as possible, but I want to get the expert on here. When you have a powder or a supplement or, or anything that you're wanting to use therapeutically, are you supposed to use the fruiting body or the mycelium or both or one or either or what's going on here? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I think us here in America are mushroom illiterate. Like we're not, the culture, the Anglo-Saxon culture was not knowledgeable to mushrooms similarly as the Asian or the Slavic or even some Latin cultures, right? And we lack this knowledge that we've been lost over the uh, cultures and generations. And to clarify that, um, according to FDA, not to say that they're always right, but since the 70s, they've been already saying that the only part you're allowed to call the mushroom is the fruit body. So when we talk about mushrooms, we only talk about the fruit body. Ah. Then if you talk about, let's say, chefs cooking mushrooms, they never use mycelium. It's always the fruit body. If we think of animals eating mushrooms, we think of the fruit body. We think of be deer or snails eating it, they eat the fruit body. If we look at our in indigenous cultures or our ancestors, when they out, went to the forest and foraged for mushrooms, they ate the fruit body. If we think of people using psychedelics, they use the fruit body. So universally, it's the fruit body. Only in the last couple decades, we realized that it's a lot cheaper, about 10 times cheaper to produce this mycelial product, particularly on grains, and even the end product is 90% not mycelium, but grains, and has created this commercially available product, mycelium and grain, who top experts pretty much universally agree that it's like at least 10 times less effective. Mm -hmm. And then the end product is only 10%. So you could argue that only 1% to 2% efficacy versus the fruiting body. Yeah, which is crazy because I know a lot of brands who use it, the mycelium grown on grains, you're getting most of these starches from rice. And, yeah. and, and, and you think, you know, you're taking this therapeutic uh, capsule for, let's say, your immunity mm -hmm. or your brain, and it's not working. And, you know, some people are like, mushrooms don't work for me. There was a couple of years ago, um, a study published in a very credible peer-reviewed scientific journal, a USP study of the Rishi supplements sold in the U.S. and 74% of the Rishi supplements sold in the U.S. in that study showed no Rishi mushrooms. 74%? 74% did wow. not include any Rishi mushrooms against the labeling. And it is kind of mind-blowing. And then the other part is certain subset of people who are drawn to using mushrooms for healing and health do it for gut purposes and improving the mycobiome, not just the microbiome, but the mycobiome. And they often have sensitivities to grains. There are people right. who are, you know, whatever it is, autoimmune, leaky gut, this and that. They can't handle grains. And what you're having in these mushroom supplements that are supposed to heal you is actually the one that irritates you. And interesting because I can totally see that, right? And 74% is mind-blowing to me. Because mm -hmm. that means if I go to a general supplement store, that means 74% are likely to not have reishi in there. Or go online and type in reishi supplement, 74%. That's, that's something to really watch out for. Now, you said microbiome, mm -hmm. okay? Not a lot of people are saying the word microbiome now. We heard microbiome ad nauseum so many times over the years. 
What is a microbiome and what is the implication to our health about the microbiome? Yeah. In health and wellness, I grew up with it through my mom. And there's been this obsession about these two of these kingdoms, plants and animals, and debate, should you have one or how much and this and that. And we've ignored two other mostly invisible yet super powerful kingdoms of bacteria and fungi. So, and they often are together. I'll give a couple examples. So if you consume fungi or not in your mind, you probably already do in the form of fermented products, beer, wine, cheese, bread, but also fermented products, kombucha, sauerkraut, miso. And it's this fermented fermentation process that involves bacteria and fungi, yeasts, and um, they work synergistically, both in our skin and in our gut. So every single human will have fungi in their gut, either the good fungi or the bad fungi, similarly the good bacteria or, or bad bacteria. And uh, the myco refers to the, to the mushroom biome and they work collaboratively. And I think every gut expert has known this for a long time. Mm -hmm. When you take stool samples or you take samples of your gut health, you always see certain fungi appearing and you're just trying to balance those out to have a well-functioning gut. Yeah, a lot of people have gotten on the candida train. Mm -hmm. So they go, all yeast, all fungi in my gut is bad. I got to blast it with all these things. How do we help feel the, feed the microbiome? Yeah, and it's tricky because uh, fungi and animals actually serve more common ancestry than plants and, and, and animals. So we actually had common um, joint ancestors and we still share up to 50% of our DNA with fungi, which makes mushroom medicine more bioavailable to us, but also us be more prone to fungal diseases such as mold and candida. So it, that one is a little tricky. So, But how can you take it is take the antifungal functional mushrooms like Arishi. So actually what it does is it helps with those bad, bad types of fungi. Wow. But generally what I would say is eat diversity and have a lot of fermented products. Mm. So... Uh when we think of something like reishi, mm -hmm. we can consume it even culinarily. Would mm -hmm. you? Is that how you do? You, do you consume it too? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I don't think it's as common. Uh, generally, these yeah. mushrooms are divided to edible and inedible. Um, you can imagine that a lot of these best mushrooms actually grow on trees, yeah. and some of the culinary mushrooms grow on the ground. But even within the tree mushrooms, there's ones that are really soft and ones that are really hard texturally, and they have to be kind of prepared slightly differently. So if you ever bought shiitake or oyster mushrooms, those would be more in the edible functional mushroom category. Right. And then there are mushrooms like reishi and chaga that are really rock hard. And those are kind of consumed more as a tea. But I will take then the tea and you can create risotto or you can create, you can do all kinds of recipes with it as a, like a broth. But it is uh, more commonly people use things like maitake, shiitake, yeah. oyster, enoki that are still good for you and you should take, but they're a little easier to consume culinarily. One, one of the most mind-blowing things was when I was working in oncology mm -hmm. and I was looking at breast cancer and I was looking at learning about turkey tail mushrooms and breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why isn't every single clinic and hospital across the world giving turkey tail mushrooms for men and women with breast cancer, particularly mm -hmm. women? But it's incredible how powerful these work. How do these mushrooms positively affect our immune system? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, 
side note on turkey tail, um, there is two kind of extracts that are taken away, discovered in Japan, polysaccharide K and polysaccharide P. And they're used as a breast cancer, official breast cancer drugs in Japan and some of the best-selling breast cancer drugs there. But how do mushrooms help with immunity? Is That's what they do in nature. They actually help plants and other things also protect, kind of like I said, muster this defense. And there's specific compounds, particularly these polysaccharides. Poly means many, saccharides mean sugars. And you might be like, wait, I don't want sugars. But these are very complex carbohydrates that digest very slowly and actually improve things like blood glucose levels. And what they do in our gut is they are immunomodulatory, so they help modulate your immune system. So not stimulate, not suppress, but modulate. And particularly these beta-D-glugans that are able to kind of like give a little like nudge to our natural immune system, the cytokine, the macrophages, the natural killer cells, and and help them do their job better. And, and you said an important word, immunomodulatory. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go, hey, no, I have autoimmune disease mm-hmm. and I can't have mushrooms. But you're saying it helps modulate and balance mm-hmm. the seesaw for your immune system. Yeah. About 40% of the top best-selling drugs are derived from fungi, and a lot of them are immunosuppressants. So a lot of the best-selling blockbuster pharmaceuticals for autoimmune disorders like MS are derived from fungi. And they're used because they can be used to bring down the hyperactive immune response that you might have with autoimmune. Mm. Um, a lot of people want to know, look, I'm athletic. I, I, want, I want better athletic performance. I heard that mushrooms can help me. Mm-hmm. Um, one, which ones are the best ones to use athletically, but also how do they work? Why are they helping us work athletically? The one that most people start out with, and I started out um, almost 15 years ago at that time doing endurance running, was cordyceps. It's kind of this mystical fungi found in the high Himalayans by the Sherpas when they realized that their yaks ate this mushroom and got all horny in high altitude with limited oxygen. And then it's been used for hundreds and hundreds of years. And cordyceps particularly has this thing called cordycepic acid that helps increase VO2 max, so your maximum oxygen intake, and your ATP production, so your cellular energy. So by having better cellular energy and kind of, quote-unquote, lubricating your ability to take oxygen will then help you perform better and recover faster, whatever the sport may be. I would say the other thing that I think is underrated is lion's mane. You mentioned many people know it's for the brain, but it's really for the nervous system. And nervous system um, is kind of like the next frontier of sports nutrition because we've gone from the macro carbs, fats, protein to the micro to like magnesium, vitamin C, vitamin D to now to the nano particles, be it peptides, that is a whole craze, but also into these things like, hey, how do we support the nervous system? And lion's mane happens to be one of the powerful ways there. But that's that may be more advanced move mm-hmm. or if you're in high-intensity exercises. So that might be more relevant. Can we use lion's mane during the night for sleep? Does that help? Many people do. Um, they're not stimulative. Um, so it is somewhat common that some people use. Generally, I would recommend things like reishi, that are known to be more working the 
HBA axis and kind of our hormonal response, right. endocrine system to be more effective for most people. But yes, there are a bunch of people who use um, lion's mane in the evening as well. You know, what's crazy was when I learned about cordyceps and I saw a video way back when mm-hmm. that, that they grow on insects. Mm-hmm. And, and as they grow out, that's how they're harvested, huh? Originally, yes. And those yeah. are very expensive because they are very difficult to harvest. Right. So if you ever, mostly in certain Asian countries, you can find these $100, $200 little cordyceps mushrooms, pretty expensive, but commercially grown um, they, they're, they're plant-based. They don't use right, the right, actual right. insect. Yeah, it, but it's just crazy to see nature, mm-hmm. how it works and, and watching these videos. I actually suggest everyone just check out Cordyceps in Nature. It's really cool. Um, we talked off air about some crazy theory. This is, this is the juice that I want to get into. I want to get into the next frontier. I want to get into the wisdom of mushrooms. Um, what, it, what is it telling us about humanity, about Earth? But you talked about spores being found across the world and even throughout the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. What's this theory going on about mushrooms right now? Well, part of it's hard science and part of it's theory. Uh, You know, science is not the truth. It's the pursuit of truth. And it's like a puzzle. Like you take some of the pieces are missing and you try to get the corner to get a view of what is this even? Is this sky or what? And fungal spores, if you remember, these are the seeds are extremophiles. So they can survive in extreme conditions, extreme heat, extreme cold. They can be for decades and decades without becoming sexual and then starting like creating the mycelium process again. And these are found in like Antarctica. These are found in in the desert, in the nuclear reactor of Chernobyl. But they're also found in every level of atmosphere. So we know that um, fungi can survive in space. Uh, so then the question becomes is were they originally from Earth and then went to space or were they from space and then came here? And I think this sounds trippy at first, but then if we start to think about it is we're all made out of like stardust, you mm-hmm. know? So in a way, everything on Earth came here from somewhere else, right? So it's not that. But there's a theory called panspermia. It's basically like sp- some foreign entity or a meteorite brought life to Earth. So Earth had the right conditions. It was in the Goldilocks space where it was like not too cold, not too hot. And then meteorite brought, for example, fungi here. And then they started creating Earth because they could eat rocks or digest rocks. And then that created enough topsoil to create plants and animals, da, 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 da. So that's a common theory. Um, some say it happened more recently, and that's part of also psychedelics. So there's like, that's where like some of the theories we're trying to, we have part of the puzzle, the corner made, yeah. but we can't fully figure out the rest. So people start guessing. They're like, mm. could it be? You know? Right, right. That's sort of the fun part too, right? Yeah, yeah. I love it. You're building on it. I mean, I love hearing about stuff like this. I just thinking about the possibility of mushrooms coming from another planet out, out here. I mean, it is, they are some of the most unique specimens I have ever learned mm-hmm. about. And, and I'm, sometimes I always say that it's like they're not even from Earth the, with the way they work, mm-hmm. but they are of Earth because they connect so much and heal the Earth in many ways. Um, let's talk about psychedelics now. Mm-hmm. Let's move there, you know? Um, is there evidence? Have you seen anywhere as you learn about this evidence of psychedelics being used 
way past we believe or, or any evidence that psychedelics were used to create some powerful changes in this world way back when. Have you learned about any about this? Yes, we have cape paintings that involve mushrooms, where those psychedelic mushrooms are non-psychedelic mushrooms, but there are cave paintings that illustrate the use of fungi, right? We have ancient fungi that were living over Earth, but how did humans consume them? A couple notable ways how fungi was used uh, was like the Utzi, the Iceman that was found in Austria. There was a guy frozen in ice and they found it and he had a couple types of mushrooms with him. Um, non-psychedelic, but used for medicinal purposes. I guess he had gut issues and worms, so he wow. was using this one particular tree mushroom to heal his gut. That's the that's the theory. That's so cool. But maybe the most recent would be in ancient Greece. There is um, the Immortality Key book by Brian Mororescu, and he took, I might, get the number wrong, but maybe 14, 15 years of research, archaeology, to figure out that what the ancient Christianity used in beer and wine and what was in those. And and he found that psychedelics were part of um, early religious rituals uh, just outside of Athens, the, the, the founders of modern democracy of you know, Socrates would go and they would have this place, a sacred place. You were not supposed to talk what happened there, but supposedly they took psychedelics together. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience a brew that's not only delicious, but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health focused principles backed by solid, scientific, research based, rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. 
But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open and I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights and these are staples. And, I, and not just me, I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle, staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen in the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. What happens, uh, what's going on in the brain when you're on psychedelics? Mm -hmm. it, I, have, you, have you read anything about like how it's just connecting the different parts of the brain? What happens? Yeah, um, few things we know, and then there's the magical part that we don't know. So we know that it, when we talk about magic mushrooms, there's few kinds, but generally we talk about the psilocybin family, and there's many kinds of psilocybin mushrooms, but particularly this compound psilocin. It's not the only compound in psilocybin. Sometimes we reduce nature into a one compound where it's actually a symphony. But nevertheless, psilocin attaches to this one serotonin receptor, and we know how that then creates effects in our brain, and then how psilocybin and also some other psychedelics have this neuroplasticity. So certain areas of the brain that we have not accessed since maybe we were children. So um, when we're kids, our brain can access anything. I have two kids under two years old wow, yeah. and they have said to have like synesthesia. So when they see something, they actually hear music because the the brain is fully open and wired. But then over time, which is normal with nature, is first you survive, and then after you survive, you try to conserve energy. So parts of the brain become inactive, not accessible, because we didn't use them as kids. And this is obviously where emerging research is coming up. But what we know is in during the psychedelics, some of those neural pathways are accessible again, and they haven't been accessible since we were two years old, mm. and we can access different parts. I think this explains the, both the serotonin receptor and the neuroplasticity explains some of it. But there is this mystical element, like you feel like you're, according to studies at John Hopkins and whatnot, there's this mystical experience that you feel connected to a higher force, deeper knowledge, you know, ancient knowledge, our ancestors that we can fully explain. And that's why like sometimes words are not the lowest form of communication, but one of the lower forms of communication and we can't fully comprehend what's actually happening. Yeah, I believe that to the T. <laughs> there is the, I, you know, like I've, I've learned about the scientific part, but the mystical part is always the part that I'm like, 
what the hell is happening here? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is out of the physical realm. This is something else that you connect to. And um, we did a sound ceremony, my friends and I, sound ceremony. Mm-hmm. And it was like we were all on an iCloud. Mm-hmm. It was like we were in a mycelium community. Yeah. Because there was just an exchange of thought. It was literally like we were reading each other's minds. And the things that I was saying, someone else was like, yes, I live there. I was just there last week or Mm -hmm. whatever. And it was just beautiful to see because in the moment you're like, I don't believe what I'm hearing, but Mm -hmm. all of us were connected by some invisible, you know, mycelium community. And if you you want to say, and that's the mystical part of it. Mm -hmm. And then that's where we don't fully know is are we tapped into a higher being or force or knowledge outside of our body? Or do we have the knowledge within us, but we're just not attuned to it on our everyday basis? And that's where you kind of split people into two halves. But what I like is, is that we don't have to choose between the science and the mystical. I lived two years in Switzerland um, with some of the folks at CERN, which is you know, arguably the greatest scientific mm-hmm. research center in the world. They came up with the internet, but they also particle physics. Higgs boson was discovered there. Yeah. And it's funny to talk to the particle physicist with impressive resumes capturing neutral antimatter. And they speak like my, you know, Topanga friends. <laughs> yes. And they talk about the universe and the particles and the energy and the vibrations. They use yeah. the same language. And that that's the thing is like, you can be evidence-based and scientific as long as you're like, open-minded about and honest about all the stuff we don't know because we don't know so much and then tuning into that intuitive nature that I think we all have but we forget this internal compass and this intuitive compass and that's why we lose a lot of valuable signals that are around us yeah and I think for me personally the best way to really understand this is through kids um, my older, which is under two years old, will notice bugs, airplane, like things happening around us way faster than I will. Like, and he will sometimes say bug. And I'm like, there is no bug. And then I get really, really close yeah. and there is a bug. And like these kind of signals. So again, like, are the signals always there, which is not tuned to it? Or do we tap into this greater knowledge and conscious that is outside of our body. So that's a, a really good point because I, w- I talk about this a lot in my own work that I do with people for, mm-hmm. through the emotional component and emotional release. I talk about the state of children ages one to six. Mm-hmm. And they're in a different brainwave state. They're literally in subconscious, sort of like a hypnotic brainwave state and taking in the whole world, mm-hmm. right? Much, much more elegantly than we are. They're seeing the sky. They're looking at the details of the tree in detail. They're looking at the ground. They're seeing the bug. Meanwhile, we're in a different brainwave state and we're just sort of like on the autopilot in many ways of like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're here. This is our destination. This is where we're going. But it's beautiful when we stop and something like psychedelics can help reopen that part of us and put us in the brainwave state where we're so present and we're so back, not only around us. Let's say you take them without a blindfold and you're in nature. You're like... (sighs) wow, this tree is beautiful. You're like, look at the detail on this tree. Oh my God, I feel like it's communicating with me. But really, even in the internal environment, coming back to our present self and being like, whoa, like, look how beautiful I am, Mm -hmm. right? It's that, it's the remembrance of the wonder of Mm -hmm. just what it is to be a human being. So children, 
for me, I always say, are the mirrors to our potentiality. Mm -hmm. it, you know, they're just reminders of, they're little humans and they're so cute and we are so drawn to them for that reason, but it's, there's so much authenticity to them too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so beautiful that you have young children to see this every day, mm -hmm. you know, and, and what a beautiful thing to see. So for, for psychedelics now, there's people who are interested in taking it, Mm -hmm. And I can't say, hey, go take it because I'm a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. it's a little, you know, there's still restrictions behind it. What would you recommend for someone to take when they do psychedelics about safety? How do you do them safely? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I would say that um, psychedelics have been here for many, many generations, and they're very powerful tools. But like any tool, you need to know how to use the tool or work with someone who knows how to use the tool. And doesn't need to be your first step. So if you're in a process and you hear, hey, I want to heal my body, you don't need to start with the psychedelics. That's a, that's a little bit of a hardcore first step. Yeah. You can do a lot of stuff, walking in nature, journaling, meditation, these things, talk therapy. Mm. Um, and then at some point, probably like prepare yourself to that journey. Also, even the neuroplasticity that we talked about, there are ways how you can enforce neuroplasticity. Exercise, learning new languages, learning to play new instruments. These are, there are many ways, maybe not as powerful, but still able to create neuroplasticity. So psychedelics are not the only solution. Um, but then when you feel ready, um, I have few general advice. I think everybody's journey is different. Everybody's experience yeah. is different. But first and foremost, the set and the setting, which is often talked about among psychedelics, is incredibly important. It just means like have an intention, have a reason why you're called to do it. And the why, which is a good thing to remember in life in general, remember why you're doing it. And then have an environment where you're comfortable. Usually to me, it's somewhere where you feel safe and natural and, and calm. Uh, is better for that experience. Um, Counterintuitively, I would almost recommend slightly higher dose than slightly lower dose, even though that sounds a little different. That's more likely to elicit the type of experience you want and then have a guide or support system and anchor that you trust and can hold the experience both physically and emotionally, kind of a container yeah. if you want to. Um, so that's what I would recommend. You can do it legally. There are substances that now are legal in the U.S. or other countries. Um, I'm an advisor of the world's first legal psilocybin clinic in Netherlands, and you can completely legally do it with medical supervision and in a beautiful, safe environment, and now soon available in Oregon who wow. legalized it. So you can do it. I would recommend working with someone who has quite a bit of experience in this and combine it with the preparation and integration work of like before and after because um, it can be quite profound experience. Yeah, yeah. Powerful medicine. You can't just take it all willy-nilly like you're starting a new health program and I'm going to start right there. It can be heavy. You got to be ready, man. It took me years to even be ready. Yeah. But um but definitely, the, I, I so agree with the support system. If you're starting, uh, you need someone there with you to anchor so you feel safe, right? Um, Can I add? A, for like, sure. Like we did both of our kids at home, home birth. You probably don't want to do home birth, your first birth, without a midwife or a doula, probably midwife. 
Mm-hmm. And like, there are people that have taken psychedelics without any support, no prior experience. I also know people who've done a pre-birth birth by themselves without a midwife wow. for the first time. That's probably a pretty radical position to be in. So I would recommend if you, for example, want to have a birth at home or take psychedelics, you call someone who's done it. Like our midwife had given like birth at like 2,000 kids wow. at home. So there's a lot of knowledge and experience about a birth at home. Yeah. So that helps. So like seek knowledge and advise and support. And there's like a shaman in every corner these days somewhere. Yeah. So like talk to them, get comfortable with the energy, but also learn about their experience. And in my opinion, there is no bad trip, but there is definitely um, integration needed and sometimes more than other times. Sometimes it's very soft landing and other times you need a lot of, lot of processing on what experience happened. I think I've been through them all, man. <laughs> I know exactly how that feels. So you have a uh, book out. Yeah. You have a book out. I want to talk a little bit about that. What is this name of the book and what's in the book? Oh, it's called Healing Adaptogens. Okay. And it's designed to be the, the guide, the seminal guide around this word that we hear a lot in marketing these days, adaptogens. It is a beautiful evidence-based term, but it's used sometimes in the wrong way, yeah. but adaptogens are plants and fungi that support you uh, against stressors. Every day we have stressors of different kinds and they help, uh, adaptogens can help manage the stressors. And uh, it covers the top 25 adaptogens, how to use them. Me and my co-author, Danielle, went through over a thousand research papers to kind of pick what works, what's real, what's not real. Yeah. And there's like tons of practical advice on how to like, find them, use them, dosage, this and that, and talk about the systems. So you, even if you don't use adaptogens, you can learn a lot about health and wellness through the lens of the adaptogens. And everyone needs this because we're all damn stressed, especially yeah. here in America. Maybe not in Finland, maybe not in the Netherlands, maybe Everywhere. less. Everywhere. But having this right on your library, pulling it out and go, okay, listen, I tried, I tried rhodiola, now I'm going to go with the cordyceps now. Mm-hmm. Find what works for you. But I love that you both did the legwork at finding out through the research which ones are the best, dosing it, how do we do it, how do we approach it best for ourselves, and then figure out which one. You know, everyone can figure out which one that works for them. So everyone, go get that book. Uh, we got Four Sigmatic. We, so many goodies, man. You know, I told you I just did the uh, mushroom chocolate this morning, the mm-hmm. hot chocolate. It's my favorite one. Um, any new products that we can expect coming out? Oh, yeah. We're uh, actually, I was just meeting with Danielle about the next product to come out. I don't, I don't think we're quite ready to Thanks announce for, okay, it yet. Okay. But the, the latest product we launch are these super powders. We have green, red, and blue. So we use natural things. Greens are obviously mm. um, chlorophyll rich foods, the moringas of the world. And it's a green powder that you can take for gut health particularly has probiotics, prebiotics. We have a red powder for energy and performance without caffeine, and it uses um, red superfruits and berries uh, along with adaptogens. And then we have blue product that does blue spirulina, and it's for the night with magnesium, lavender, Mm. uh, chamomile, kind of a very gentle evening time beverage. All of them are caffeine-free, and they taste delicious. I love it. I love it. I'm going to get my hands on all of them, man. I, I can picture already my day. The green in the morning, the red right in the middle, and the blue at night, man. Yeah. And for me, being a visual person, if there's color to my drink, I get even more excited, right? It already starts the process for me. Totally. So 
Uh, I'm really excited about that. I love the coffees. I love the hot chocolates. Listen, I'm such a fan of your work, your passion for mushrooms. The way that you come out and talk about them, I can feel that it's your life's work. And people in their passion are the people who change their world, mm -hmm. you know? The world. And, and you're doing it, and Four Sigmatic is fantastic. You got the book out. I'm very excited for the future of everything that's coming for you, brother. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that very much. So thank you for coming on, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm going to see you again. Maybe next time you're in town, we'll talk a little bit about more about that theory about the spores from the universe coming into Earth, and maybe we got a little bit more evidence on it. We'll see. Cool. All right, brother. Thanks. Botox. Should I get Botox? Is it safe? I want to talk all about Botox, Botox. I probably should have done this show a long time ago, but here it is, the Botox show. Now let's chat about something crucial. That is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best. But especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or in your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Puri's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Puri is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Puri.com. Use my promo code DRG, that's P-U-O-R-I dot com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Puri. These days, these days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee or tea, but not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha, plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies.
Let me open with this. What you do is what you do. I have no judgment for your choice, right? What you choose is within your dignity as a human being, right? But this, this, this is for informed consent. What I have a problem is when there's not proper informed consent and it's not given medically. And people are just going and doing things thinking that it's safe without understanding the full spectrum. Because when things become popular, when nurse practitioners or doctors or whoever are not sitting with patients and giving them all the information they need to know, then it's a problem. You need the education to make an informed consent. So Botox. Let's just start at looking at global facial injectables first. And here in the US, we love injecting our face according to the International Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. In the US, we're ranked number one in terms of non-surgical products performed at a global level. And according to Grandview's research market analysis, the global facial injectables market size was valued at $16.1 billion in 2021 and is expected to expand at a compound annual growth rate of 9.1% from 2022 to 2030. Now, these injectables include collagen, hyaluronic acid, botulinum toxin type A, Botox, calcium hydroxyl apatite, and polymer. The number one being Botox with 55.2% of the revenue share. Number two being the hyaluronic acid. This is the fastest growing one. This is usually what we get on our face too, or even lip fillers, the polymer fillers. Collagen and calcium hydroxyl apatite are right about the same. But for Botox, from 2000 to 2018, it was observed that the use of Botox injections increased by 845%. That's incredible. So what is Botox first and foremost? You need to be aware of this in case no one ever told you. It's your provider's responsibility to tell you what's going into your body is a neurotoxin. It's from a bacteria called Clostridium botulinum. And the botulinum toxins are one of the most lethal substances known to man, period. Now, obviously, the risk is much lower because you're exposed to a much lower dose, a safer dose that we say medically, but be aware that you're receiving a potent toxin. Now, cosmetically, it's injected to the forehead, the crow's feet, the frown lines. But what happens is when you absorb this toxin, it's blocking the neuromuscular transmission. Neuromuscular junction is between the nerve and the muscle. The nerve gives the signal to the muscle to move. It's blocking that transmission by binding the acceptor sites on the motor and autonomic nerve terminals. So it's entering the nerve terminals and it's inhibiting the release of acetylcholine, which is actually activating the movement of your muscles. So when it's injected intramuscularly at these therapeutic doses, Botox produces a partial chemical denervation. That means your nerves ain't working to your muscles anymore. So your muscles ain't working anymore. And as a result, the muscles have a localized reduction in activity. What happens over time is muscles can atrophy and break down. Uh, because it's not being used over time, and the nerve function slowly over time starts coming back. This is why Botox isn't permanent, because the body heals itself. So the nerve function starts coming back, and it sprouts new axons, and then you go in for more Botox, and the cycle restarts. But Botox isn't just used for beauty, the cosmetics industry. It's also used for people who are really suffering, like an overactive bladder, hyperhidrosis, that's chronic sweating, especially under the arms and the palms, chronic migraines, spasticity, of the muscles that we see in children's and adults, and many other medical issues. But if you're utilizing Botox, you have to know this. It's right on the first page of the package insert. There is a risk of a distant spread of the toxin effect, right? The effects of Botox and all botulinum toxin products may spread from the area of injection to produce symptoms consistent with botulinum toxic effects. 
These symptoms have been reported hours to weeks after the injection, so swallowing and breathing difficulties can be life-threatening for certain people. And there have been some reports of death from the Botox injection. The risk of symptoms is probably greatest in children, treated for the spasticity as I was talking about, but symptoms can also occur in adults, particularly in patients who have an underlying condition that would predispose them to these symptoms. So Botox, in effect, can be life-threatening for certain people. So things you must be aware of before accepting Botox. One, you may be sensitive to the toxin, and you'll realize that pretty damn fast. Uh, Serious and or immediate hypersensitivity reactions have been reported. These reactions include anaphylaxis, which is severe, potentially life-threatening allergic reaction, serum sickness, which is a rash, a fever, polyarthralgias or polyarthritis, which begin one to two weeks after exposure, urticaria, which are raised, itchy rashes that appear in the skin, soft tissue edema, which is just swelling, or dyspnea is a shortness of breath. But you also can get dry mouth, discomfort, or pain at the ejection site, which is to be expected. But you can also have fatigue, headaches, neck pain, eye problems like double vision, blurred vision, decreased eyesight, even drooping eyelids, swelling of your eyelids, dry eyes, drooping eyebrows. Then you also may get vision problems, muscle weakness, dizziness. And people with neuromuscular disorders, I don't believe they should be getting Botox, period. Now, it's said to, that they can and just to monitor them, but it also may increase the risk of clinically significant effects if you have a neuromuscular issue already. So I would really, really avoid Botox if you do. So treatment with Botox and other botulinum toxin products can result in swallowing or breathing difficulties, as I mentioned. So anyone with pre-existing swallowing or respiratory issues will be more susceptible to these issues, whether at the time of the injection or even weeks after. Now, it's not known if Botox cosmetics are safe and effective for use more than one time every three months. That's very important to understand. A lot of companies, a lot of medical spas, a lot of people out there are saying that you can get Botox even more than that. I would wait minimum three months. I would actually say more conservatively, six months before you even do another injection. There's a lot of companies that are pushing it even month to month, which is totally unethical. Never get Botox if it's from a shady place, ever. There's big safety issues here. There's serious adverse reactions, including excessive weakness, dysphagia, you won't be able to swallow, uh, aspiration pneumonia, uh, with some adverse reactions, or they can be associated with fatal outcomes. They've been reported in patients who receive Botox injections for unapproved uses. So, Botox. A lot of people are really leaning on it as a remedy for aging. Well, one, okay, you do what you do, but the other thing is, great, there's a societal pressure to look a certain way. From the mental-emotional standpoint, again, If you choose to do it, do it. But come back to yourself and say, okay, do I need to show up in a certain way? Is my definition of beauty this definition that society says? Are you getting Botox because you've truly authentically connected to yourself, every single part of yourself, you feel confident in who you are and then choosing to do it? Or are you choosing to do it for something outside of you? It's a very valid question that we need to think about. And also there's other safer things that you can do that are really powerful, including red light therapy. I did a post on this. I did a reel recently about this. It's super powerful. And the secret is, is that it's not giving your muscles of your face paralysis. It's actually helping build more collagen, the very thing that breaks down that causes us to create wrinkles uh, or to age uh, prematurely. So red light therapy is amazing. They did a uh, randomized controlled trial 
And the results were amazing for red light therapy. Again, I'll use the word three more times, amazing, 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 because it's really good, especially for your skin health. This randomized control trial, the endpoint was on just the complexion and the feel of the skin. That was the primary endpoint. But also they did a secondary endpoint on looking at collagen scores for all of their subjects. Now these subjects had 30 sessions, right? And these sessions were just a few minutes a day, but the results were amazing. What they observed were visually, the skin complexion and feel was much better overall after 30 sessions. They even have pictures in the study in the neck and in the forehead of these women it's incredible benefits over time. But for me, looking at the data and looking at the science and the pictures of the MRI on the collagen scores was incredible. To see at uh, treatment zero to treatment 30, the increase in collagen, right, subdermally that is, gro- that is going to the surface and helping support the matrix of our skin is incredible. So to see just the impulse, right, the input of a red light how it's activating collagen in our skin, new collagen to be synthesized and brought to the surface is something that Botox will never do. So again, if you're about your cosmetics, if you're about your beauty, the number one thing you need to be doing even before Botox is red light therapy. What I do is I wake up in the morning, I turn on the red light, I try to do it seven days a week, I probably realistically get about five, but that's been my secret for so long. It keeps me young, right? And it's because of the collagen. What else is important to preserve and keep our collagen strong is vitamin C. Vitamin C will help stabilize collagen that exists plus help synthesize new collagen. So having vitamin C-rich diet, having amino acid-rich diet, getting enough protein are going to be essential for your skin. And of course, if you're in the sun all the time for a long time, I would suggest getting good sun. But then if you're there for prolonged amounts, protecting it. Uh, but also utilizing chlorophyll-rich foods, antioxidant-rich foods if you're going to be in the sun, protecting your skin. Look, very simple, much cheaper than going to the doctor all the time and getting your Botox shot. But then again, if that's something you choose to do and you do it from a place of, I feel confident who I am, I'm aligned, and now I want Botox, then do as you please. Or even if it's coming from a place of insecurity, do as you please. But you need the informed consent, and I really hope this knowledge bomb was able to give it to you. As always, thank you for joining the show. Rate, review, subscribe to support the show if you love it. Send it to someone you love. Thank you so much. Go check out the merch, and I'll see you next week. 